Welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you're with us here today. And if God has used this ministry to change your life, we want to hear about it. So go to fourpoints.org slash mystory and tell us. You know what, it's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. If you want to give and be a part of what God's doing here at Four Points, go to our website and choose the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and give there as well. And now we are so excited about hearing a powerful word from God today. Praise the Lord for Zach. So we're going sightseeing with Jesus. Uh, this is going to be real important, y'all. Sight to insight. And I'm going to explain it as we go. But we're going sightseeing with Jesus. Now, do, do any of y'all like to go uh, bird watching besides Helen? You like the bird watch? How many hunters we got in the room? Let me see. Hunters. Be honest. Now, don't be embarrassed. I'm going to be a little bit mean, but not too mean. Only three people, four people hunt for real? I'm blown away. This is Reedville Sugar Tit region of South Carolina. It feels like more people should hunt, if y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, hunting is funny to me, but not like, not, it's not bad. It's awesome. I think it's cool to, I'm not one of those, you shouldn't kill deers, right? It's deer, pastor. Why'd you say deers? I'm not one of those people that think you shouldn't do it. I just think that getting up at 4 a.m. is a shame. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Like, if I get up at 4, I'm going to pee and go back to bed, all right? But, but here's what I know for sure. Here's what I know for sure. That if you try to see on your own when you go deer hunting, I actually do enjoy turkey hunting, but it, I don't try to kill them. I just like to watch them because they're hilarious. Because I can sort of do a turkey call because my lips are big. I don't know if y'all can tell. If you have sight, you can. You know what I'm talking about. All right. Anyway, moving on. But I just think they're funny when they walk up to those decoys and they like puff up and get angry. And it's like, that thing ain't real and you're smart. But, um, but they can see really well, so it's all good. But if you don't have some help, you're going to be in a little trouble, right? Because you need to be able to see from far away. And they have scopes on guns, and they do all this other stuff. I know a bunch of y'all bow hunt, but you still want to be able to see. And a lot of times, if you try to see on your own, it is difficult. But that's the way that life is, isn't it? Is, is we go through life all the time, and we try to see on our own. But if y'all remember throughout the series, we've talked about that we are sheep, and sheep have horrible eyesight. Sheep have horrible eyesight. Listen to this. But they want to see, so everything they take in Everything that they hear, they run because they're afraid because we really want to see, but we can't. Here's the reality. If we can just be honest with ourselves, we all want to walk by sight because it's easier. Can y'all say okay or I'm awake or whatever, right? Is that okay with y'all? Are y'all good? We want to see. It, and I don't think that's a problem wanting to see. Actually, I think that's how God made you. He gave you eyes to see. But whenever we try to see spiritually the way that we see physically, we get ourselves in trouble. And y'all, we do that every single day. And here's how I know we do it. Because we are so easily distracted by what's going on in the world. So easily distracted that as soon as something doesn't go my way, I don't see what I'm supposed to anymore. Is it, if y'all are understanding what I'm saying, say yep. yep. So John chapter 9, in the first verse, this is what it says. In the first verse, it says, as he passed by, or has, it says, as he went along, in most of the translations in the ESV, it says, as he passed by. He saw a blind man from birth. Now, here's something that I want y'all to know. When I first 
was going over this passage to preach today for the final, of, it's the sixth uh, miracle in John. I wasn't planning on stopping at verse one until I realized that this is one of the most important verses in that entire text. Because here's what you can miss if you just have sight and not insight. If you don't have his sight, but you have your sight alone, here's what you can miss. Difficulties can come. And if y'all don't know what I mean by this, I, I think y'all have made it. And I'm thankful for y'all. And we need to have a conversation so y'all can help me. If you've been through this where you don't have issues as soon as something comes against you and you don't have to fight against what you believe, fight against what you think, have these thoughts come up in your head, get super distracted. If y'all have kids, you know what I'm talking about in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. But it's life, right? If the things come, bills come, difficulties come, hurts come, past comes, and all this stuff comes, and we're like, I'm supposed to be doing these things, but I see all of these things, so how do I do it? It is the most easy thing in the world to get distracted and worry about stuff that people say, stuff that people do. And so there's all this stuff that happens, and then God, listen, God's called us to walk, right? And we've talked about how we're supposed to be walking, how we're supposed to be living it out, fleshing it out. And, and that's the last few weeks is you eat and you do these things, and it's awesome, and praise the Lord, all this stuff, and then distractions, and then blah. And here's what happens. Here's what happens. is as we pass by, as we go along, we just go along. We just pass right by. And so, so, so people that are blind, spiritually in this world are people we pass every single day. There, we, there's not a day that goes by that we don't have this verse one happen in our lives. But the problem is, because of the distractions of life, sometimes it's because I get too puffed up, sometimes it's because I get, and I can be doing the right thing, y'all, and pass right by what God's called for me because I believe that God wanted us to see very first that he went along and that it was there before he could see it. It was there not before he could see it, but it's always there before we can see it. It's always there before we can see it. So when we're walking by our sight and not his sight, we're in trouble. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. I'm going to use my Ellen bird watching binoculars again. Does anybody know what happened April the 15th of 1912? Call it out if you know. Titanic, thank you. The Titanic happened on April 15th of 1912. Uh, y'all didn't know the date, but how many of y'all have heard of the Titanic? I'm going to get nervous if y'all don't respond. <laughs> What's the Titanic, Pastor? Near far. That's what it is. You're welcome. Some of y'all are asleep. That was good. Pulled out my Celine Dion. How did the Titanic sink? Somebody say, what happened? Iceberg, not the lettuce. Come on. Right? So the Titanic is this iceberg. But I want to argue today that the iceberg isn't why it sunk. Now, ultimately, the iceberg is why it sunk, so I'm not trying to be cool. But I don't think that's the why. I think that's what happened. But I think there was a why that happened before the what. There was a dude named David Blair, and his responsibility, he was the key holder for this guy. See, there was a watchtower up, in, up on the Titanic, and a person was supposed to, God, this is good, y'all, if y'all can just take this in. There was a person that was supposed to watch out and make sure that they didn't hit icebergs. The way they were going and the way they were coming to New York, they went through that stuff. 
But I don't know if y'all know this, but the people that built the Titanic thought it was such a super ship that it was incapable of being sunk. So how many of y'all know the feeling where you know what you've got in your hand, but you're willing to just put it down and not worry about it? He actually took the key for what gave them better sight because an iceberg doesn't stick up far in the water, but if you have night vision goggles, if you have the ability to see where you can see far out in binoculars, if you have better vision, they would have seen it and they would have gone around. But David Blair said, I'm late for this party. I'm not going to worry about it. He kept the key in his pocket. And he goes down to the party and 1,500 people died because he chose to let dude see on his own instead of giving him the key and choosing to see what he should have seen. I don't know if y'all can pick up on this yet, but God said that the gates of hell will not prevail against us, that he picked up the keys of the kingdom and he handed them to us. And if we take the key from him and not choose to get lazy, and, it's, and it is lazy in this moment, because you can work as hard as you possibly can, and it's spiritual laziness to do too much and not rest in him. If you choose to try to see on your own, you can do as much as you want, but you're going to hit the iceberg in your life. And that's what happens is we're going through life and these icebergs in our life are coming at us and we go, the iceberg did it. No, I did it because I chose to keep the key in my pocket and the binoculars locked up. He doesn't want me to have sight. When he gives sight to the blind, he gives me insight. He gives me his sight. And anytime you face a difficulty, when you can't see it through his vision, this is what happens. This is what I've noticed in my life. What I've noticed in my life is when I get excited about what I'm doing or I'm doing good, that I show people rather than keep doing it. <laughs> it's kind of silly and I feel elementary about this, but hey, look how good I'm doing. This is what that looks like. Look how good I'm doing. I got this licked. I got it covered. See, I'm using these and I'm doing really good. Watch me do this. And we put it down. Watch me do this. I'm doing really good. And sometimes you got to think through it. I got to pick these up and I got to look the way he wants me to look. But if you want to be the as he went along or as she went along kind of follower of Jesus, then you've got to think of him first and not put him down. And that's what we do in our lives. And here's how the story continues in John 9. It says, as he went along, he saw this man that was blind from birth and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind? Because in the Jewish law, they understood that if you had a problem, Somebody sinned. Well, here's the truth. The world has sin. Adam sinned and sin came into the world. And when it did, so did death. So, so every hurt, every issue that we face is because of sin. But Jesus, Jesus helped him out with understanding this. Just because Adam brought sin into the world and every man after and every woman after has sinned, except for Jesus, that's not the issue here. Jesus said, it wasn't that this man sinned or that his parents sinned, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. And I'm telling y'all, if you read this and you're like, praise the Lord, that's awesome. You don't get what they got because not one of his disciples was thinking this. They wanted to know for real, how can we pray for their sin? Because we heard what they did. Let's pray for them. Let's have a Bible study right now. Let's pray for them because we know that's what we do, right? It's called gossip. But we want to we talk about it and pray for them, their sin. But, but here's what God said. In this moment, Jesus said, no, 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 no. You don't see with my vision. You're still trying to see what you want to see. It's not that they did something. It's so that my works can be displayed. So let me say this before I move on. I know a bunch of y'all are going through some junk. But the reason that that junk happened 20 years ago, that you wouldn't wish on your enemy, 
or is happening to you right now is so that God's beauty and his light and his life and his love can be displayed off of you. And whenever you try to fix it, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't take a pill, like Advil, if you've got to fix it, I'm not, I'm not arguing that. What I'm saying is if you have to fix it or you've got to see it for yourself before you'll walk in faith, you'll never display what God wants you to, and you'll always walk around frustrated and angry. And this is what we say, y'all. This is what we say. How could God let this happen? Have you not ever heard that? How could God let this happen? Y'all are allowed to talk. It's really quiet. I feel awkward, uncomfortable. How could God let this happen to me? Here's the how. Here's the why. To display his glory, his beauty, his amazing work through you, in you. But when we get distracted by life and we put these down and we choose our sight rather than his sight, we don't think anything about this. We just think, how can I get myself out of this mess? Because God intends to show the world who he is, watch this, through, through what you're going through. Not, not by bypassing. I know that some of y'all have faced death that there's been death in your families, that, that you've had a close encounter with death, that cancer's in this room, the difficulties in this room. But I'm here to tell you that God wants to show himself through you. And that doesn't necessarily mean in your body, in your flesh suit. It means in your person. But if I get distracted and I lose focus because that's what he gives us, his sight brings focus to never walking past the blind, never walking past the people that God's called us to, but we can't do it on our own. So here's what the story says. It says, we must work the works of him who sent us, who sent me, Jesus said, while it is day, because night is coming when no one can work. So here's the question that people would ask right here. How do I know if it's still day in my life? Because Jesus said, we got to keep going. We got to keep, we got to see them. We got to do it while we're alive and while there's, there's light. If you are breathing, and I'm pretty sure everybody's breathing, right? Sometimes I can't tell because y'all look asleep a little bit, but I'm pretty sure everybody's breathing in here. If that's you and you're alive in this room, then, then I'm talking to you. Anybody watching online, I'm talking to them. everybody that is alive. I don't care if they know Jesus yet. God specifically made you in his image with a plan for your life if you choose his way. But you will never want to walk out your purpose in your own sight. Because the moment that you get motivated to do it and you take a step, it gets scary and you back up and say, I'm done. I lose focus and I put them back down. As long as it is day, we got to go. As long as I am in, excuse me, I am in the world, Jesus said, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. So the immediate thing would be, well, he's not in the world anymore. So he's not talking to us. I got some really awesome news. He intends to do it through your life because if he's in you, he's in the world. Yes. He's in the world through you. Yes. You are the picture of God the Father made in his image. You've been given his spirit. And that's how the world sees light. But sometimes they're not seeing light, are they? Because we're still trying to see it rather than see it through the way he wants us to see it. And so he says, having said these things, now I find this part of the story so funny. Like this is the actual miracle. And sometimes I just read the Bible and go, that dog on Jesus, <laughs> he crazy. Because I don't know if y'all read the Bible the way that I do. I do it with a little bit of ADD and a little humor. 
right? So when I read this, I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> we could have just said, bam, and healed him. It would have been easier or just gone, healed. <laughs> That's all he has to do. Jesus speaks, everything changes. But no, he decides to spit. Another translation says spat, and I just think that's even better. He spat upon the ground. I'm like, <laughs> he spit. His, I mean, you said, <laughs> loogie on the ground, right? And you look down and go, if you're a disciple in this moment, this has nothing to do with the message, but y'all just stay with me. If you're a disciple in this moment, do you not go, what is Jesus doing? It's not, it's rude to spit, Jesus. You should know that. You the rabbi, okay? And then he's just, you're just sitting there looking at him spitting on the ground. And so he makes mud. Now, you know this mud was special, right? Because if I make mud, it gets on your shoes, gets on the carpet. If he makes mud, he can mold some clay and have like a dove that he makes out of the mud. It's awesome. <laughs> but instead of making clay that he don't have to put in the kiln, it's already a perfect dove. He puts it on his eyes, and it says he anointed the man's eyes with the mud. I, that's not anointing. I don't know if y'all know this. That's annoying, okay? You're welcome. It's awful. Like, have y'all ever got dirt in your eyes? Say yes, because I know you have. This is what we, y'all remember getting, uh, <laughs> my ADD is awesome today. Y'all remember when you were a little kid and you got shampoo in your eyes? Say what you did. Do it loud. <laughs> Mama, I got this out of my eyes. Right? You went crazy because I got to get it out of my eyes. Well, I, I would, I feel like, even though it was from the Lord, mud is worse. And I don't care that he couldn't see. You still have feeling. And it's, uh, and it's getting hard and it's weird and you spit on the ground. I can hear you spit. It's weird. I don't want people touching my food. I can't imagine spitting mud face. Weird, right? Not in the mud baths. It's all weird stuff, right? And it. And so he spit, makes this mud, and then he says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And we hear that, and we're like, that's so sweet. He goes and washes, and it's great. But people don't understand what Siloam was. Because Siloam was not a pool that you want to go swim in. Like some of y'all have walked into your pool before, and it had mud on your feet, and you get mad because a little bit of the pool gets dirty. This is a sewer. How many of y'all knew that? Raise your hand. I knew it was a sewer. One. Come on, tell the truth. You read this as a kid and you went, that's sweet. It was a beautiful, crystal clear pool. Sewer. <laughs> Nasty. We've been there, and I mean, it looks different 2,000 years later, but it's still nasty. Have y'all been to 295 Bypass, past Fuddruckers, where the softball fields are? Y'all ever been over there before in Spartanburg? If you drive through there, y'all ever smelled it? If the wind's blowing the right way and you're driving through there, you play softball out there and you're like, hurt. <laughs> I'm going to need some poopery because that's nasty, <laughs> right? Because it is Siloam. It is literally the same type thing, y'all. It is gross. And when people hear this, they think about the pool of Bethesda where the people went in and got washed. No one went here to wash. Your stuff went there to get gone, right? It, let me tell you where it is. It's really cool. So you got the city of Jerusalem and the walls, and then you've got this, um, you've got where David's house was built in the Kidron Valley, and then through Hezekiah's cave, where there's these amazing caves I've gotten to walk through, they're 3,000 years old, it's so amazing. Through that, then there's a spill area. All the bile, waste, and yuck goes into Siloam, which means sent or go. The only people that got sent there are the outcasts and the rejects, because everybody else went to Bethesda to get clean. Everybody else went to the cool places to get clean. I just felt like I was supposed to add it in for this because I believe there's some people in this room that you're from the wrong side of the track. 
You're from the place that you don't think that you're worthy of God's love because of all that's happened in your life. All that you did in the past, I, mean, I don't care how rich you are, this doesn't matter. I don't care how poor you are, this, this part doesn't matter for that. What matters is you look at your life and you think, God couldn't love me because I'm sent out. I'm rejected. I'm awful. I'm caked in gross. See, God, God chose to do everything he did through Jesus to show us the way. And then I believe he chose mud on purpose. And here's why. Do y'all know how God made man? I think this is really cool. Genesis 2, 6, God picks up dirt, breathes his spirit into it, and you have Adam, which means man from dirt or dirt man. We are all from the first Adam, but we're born again through the second Adam, which is Jesus. He took that same dirt that was breathed on the first time, and he spit on it the second time to give us water and spirit. I know this is, this is kind of deep, but y'all got to stay with me because this is really cool. And then it's kind of weird because not everybody understands it. Why would he use mud? It's, it's, why does that happen? But, I, but I'm telling y'all that, that mud has grit to it. And what was hard will become soft through that grit. And that man's heart that was hardened because he didn't understand, why does this happen to me, God? Why does this happen to me to glorify everybody through my life? I want people to see the world. And that grit changed his eyes. And Jesus didn't have to do it that way. He did it that way to show us how to have sight. Many of us know all about Jesus. I'm telling you, if we took a test in this room, we probably could all pass. We know the Jesus answer. And I'm about to take you to a passage that all of you probably are going to be familiar with. I, I, I just thought about this and I didn't say it in the first service. But in just a second, I'm going to show you um, John chapter 3. When, when Tim Tebow put John 3.16 on his eye black, 91 million people, not, 91 million Googled John 3.16. Which is both cool and sad. Because that means 91 million people. It's amazing that God used Tebow that way. It's sad because that means 91 million people didn't know that verse. But most people that have been in church at all, they're familiar with that, but they miss the point that it's the mud on their eyes so that they can actually see and then walk in freedom, not just get a trophy for participation. So we miss the point of freedom because we think that it's about us, but he wants to use you to show the world him. And so the purpose of this miracle, y'all, it's not that a blind man who couldn't see could all of a sudden see, but it's how you can see and how I can see. Not with my own sight, because all of us have sight in this room. I'm pretty sure everybody can actually see me right now, right? But the difference is many of us have walked by people every day as we pass by because we have our sight and not his sight. He wants to give sight to the blind, y'all. I feel like if y'all want the truth today, I'm just pouring myself out a little bit. I, I feel like that the Southeast, right where we are, I love this place too, y'all. I'm not downing us at all. I'm thankful we live here. I love the Southeast. I love South Carolina. I love the upstate. I feel like it's pretty easy to get people to come to church here. And I know there's distractions and there's a beautiful fall day and there's the lake and there's all these other things, but I think you can get people to come. But listen to this. I don't know if there's a harder place to get people to walk because everybody knows about him and that's enough. You got sweet tea and Jesus in South Carolina, y'all. And I'm just telling y'all, Jesus is enough for salvation. 
but not here, here. And having insight or his sight is not about what you know, it's about what he's done. Can I give you an example in the Bible? John chapter 3, it says that there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He was a ruler of the Jews, meaning he was in a high-ranking Pharisee official. To become a Pharisee, y'all, to just get on the list, you had to memorize the first five books of the Bible. If anybody has that done, I'm going to step down. That's a freaking lot, okay? And this is what we do as human beings. Oh, my goodness. I got to go on this. What we do as, as Christians is we judge people based on what they know and not what's in them. So if you know all about the Bible, I celebrate that, and education is awesome. We get to read an English Bible because highly educated people took Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic and translated it for us. I celebrate it, but that's not really insight. That's knowledge, and it's awesome, but with knowledge without the Holy Spirit, it's just something that will puff you up. And puff me up, and that was my testimony, y'all. People say, I've seen you change in the, in the last few years. That ain't sight. I got degrees. But this doesn't come from a piece of paper that they give you after four years or three more, or three more, or three more, or however much cemetery takes you. It, it's, that's a joke, but y'all don't know about seminary. <laughs> Praise the Lord. This happens only through him because he puts it in you. He puts his stuff in you and on you and changes your heart and then your mind is affected. And so this man that knew the stinking Bible by heart, he knew everything that was supposed to, it's unbelievable, says. He came to Jesus at night and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're this teacher because you've got to be coming from God because no one can do this stuff unless it happens this way. You're amazing. We, we believe you're awesome. And Jesus does what Jesus does in this conversation. He doesn't say, you right. He changes the, the, the script. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see. Somebody say see. See, isn't that the goal? That we don't see what we see, but we take the key out and we see, see the kingdom? Because I'm telling you that the kingdom can happen here. That God's plan is that heaven's culture starts happening here. But if we try to see on our own, we'll never be the kingdom here. The kingdom is not just when we get to heaven, y'all. That happens in heaven forever, but he wants it to happen here so that he can be displayed here, so that his love can be shown here. But if we choose to put the key in our pocket and choose to see on our own, we can talk as much Jesus as we want, but if we're not walking it out, no one wants it. And the hardest place to do it is here. I hear all these people say, only 1% of this part of the world is, is, is saved. And I think in my heart, send me there because there's no ignorance they have to overcome. There's no rebellion against truth. They may not know the truth. Listen to this. Their ignorance is all around. They are completely, they don't have to overcome the spirit of religion that has invaded the southeastern churches. They have different religions, and I am not celebrating those religions. I would love them, but I'm not celebrating them. But I'm telling you the false Christianity is the hardest thing to overcome. It can be quiet. Amen, pastor. And he says, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom. What's born again look like? Well, the first time it was dust, but the second time it was mud. 
He said, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born again when he's old? That doesn't make any sense. I don't have to be born again. This is weird. I'm 6'4", 250 pounds. How you want me to go in my mama's, oh my gosh. And he said, I can't do that a second time. It's weird. Everybody thinks it. It's cool. We can think it. And Jesus said, no, no, no. Unless you're born of <laughs> water and spirit. It was all over him. It was who he was. He left his spirit for us. Because the first time you could be you could be just breathed on and dust was who you were. But now I want my stuff in you. I want to change you from the inside out. I want my stuff in you. And if you just walk around and you say a prayer, I believe salvation is by believing in your heart. I believe kingdom comes by walking in his spirit and his goodness in the flesh by us doing by us having these every day as we walk by, boom, kingdom happens. It's not, no, it's normally not the big event that God does it through, but as we pass by. But we want the big event because we want to be celebrated. And every day we miss this. Boom, boom. Because we don't have this. Because we've chosen to take that key and hide it away. God doesn't want you to hide that, I promise you. He wants you to let your light shine. And it says, unless one is born again of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. And so we skip down to verse 12, and Jesus said, truly, truly, I tell you, this is so good, y'all, that we speak of what we know. Y'all, please, if you get anything from this message, get this. I look back on my life with some regret in this department. I regret some things that I said in my past because I judged people that I knew nothing about based on what I had been exposed to in my life. So I would just caution you to be very careful when it comes to Jesus. I'm not, some things are false. But when you see works on display and we make fun of it because we don't get it, I don't care what they're dressed like either, y'all. And I know some people are immediately feeling this thing up here because you're like, he might be talking about so-and-so. I am probably talking about so-and-so and we got to be real careful. I put people in boxes because I spoke about what I knew. But I've experienced some things in the last few years that have opened my eyes because I picked up some binoculars and took out the key. I no longer just try to see it with my own eyes and try to make everything make sense. He'll make it make sense if he gets you here first. And I confess before you that I crushed people that I now call friends. Crushed them. Crushed denominations. Sent out, sent out emails to people why they shouldn't follow certain pastors 10 and 15 years ago. I was super zealous. There's this guy named Paul that kind of reminds me of that. He had to have a... Mm. <clears throat> we speak about what we know but we bear witness. Somebody say bear witness about what we've seen. You know, I think a lot of times what we think is, well, I haven't seen it, but I thought God didn't care what we see, but it's definitely not with your physical eyeballs. You remember that song, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. That's the eyes he's talking about that you start seeing things the way he sees them. And everything changes, y'all. I don't know why I'm emotional, but I just feel like somebody in here is getting this. <clears throat> I, used to, I used to crush people that, um, that I was called to love on. 
let distractions wear me out. Constantly see what it is and not what it can be in Christ. Living this frustrated roller coaster Christianity is what I used to call it. And, and just like, how does this happen, God? Why did you let this happen? God, nothing bad should happen to me, God. And every time now that it seems like a difficulty comes, I just look and say, no weapon formed against me can prosper. But I don't say this in my own pride. I say this because I know what's in me. And so I choose to see it like you want me to see it. I'm not reading their news. I'm reading the kingdom news. I don't care what the, what the Twitter, what the text, what the, what the CNNs, what the, I don't care what any of them say. I know what my news says because I read it in the morning when I spend time with my Jesus. And when I can be comfortable in my own skin because I know that I've been born again and every day I get to walk, every day I get to see the world in him, it changes the scope of my life. But as soon as I decide, and y'all, I still do this every day, I have to check myself. As soon as I say, oh, I'm doing good now and put those down, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. There's not a sin. Think about the sin that you're incapable of and then put yourself an X beside it because you are. There's not a sin that we're incapable of. Whenever we judge people based on what they're doing, we fail to realize they just put their glasses down. They've chosen to see with themselves. And we are evil creatures on our own. But in Christ, we are new because he gives sight to the blind and my blindness is everything I choose to be completely focused on me or completely focused on what he's called me to because of him. I'm focused on him. I'm walking in him. I'm focused on me. I kill all of you and do mine. Therefore, I want honor for myself. I don't care if you honor God. I will lie and say I want you to honor God, but I want all the glory to go to me. I want all the praise to go to Mark. I want you to know my name, but the only reason I want you to know my name when I can actually see is so that you know his. That's it. I say this to God every day, y'all. I don't care what it looks like, but I just want all you got so you can do all you need to do. What's on your heart today? Just, just do it. Just take me wherever you want to take me. I told a couple of my buddies this week, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not resigning. I feel really pulled to India right now, and I can't explain why. But I said this around a pastor's group. I said, you know what? If God's calling me to India, I'd miss y'all like crazy, but I'm ready to go. I just want to be where God is. I don't care what the world thinks. But that only happens when we see what he wants us to see, not when we see what we naturally see. And that's how we receive our testimony. But more importantly, that's how they receive our testimony because we get frustrated that the world's not changing, but God's waiting to change us. Y'all, I'm telling you, the move of God that will be a wave that cannot be stopped. Listen to me, cannot be stopped, cannot be stopped. This is not something that I think might be a cool idea that we should start a church over. This is something that's God's idea that we should start a church over. It cannot be stopped. It cannot be stopped. It is such a massive wave of what God's gonna do that we can't picture it in our minds. But once we take it in and we say, I believe, I'm ready to go, I will be one of those Siloam people. I'm not worried about people if they think that I stink, if they think I got the stuff on me, because I know what his stuff really is. And when they can see the light, it changes everything. So send me out, I'll go. Send me out, I'll go. Then they'll receive my testimony because God so loved the word he gave his only son. What if we read it the right way? That whoever believes in him will have everlasting life, eternal life. For God did not send his son to condemn the world, but that through him they might be saved. Because whoever believes in him is not condemned. Watch this. But whoever chooses not to believe in him condemns themselves 
God has never, listen to this, God does not, after Jesus, condemn people. They condemn themselves. It's God's will that everyone should come with us and that the kingdom should come here, but people condemn themselves and our actions and our words reveal what has happened in here, not the other way around. Because he has not believed on the only son of God. And this is the judgment. God doesn't sit there and point fingers. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works are evil. You say, so if you do bad, you go to hell. No, I'm saying, I'm saying this, and I think this is, maybe, maybe you'll get this, because I think this is huge. Everybody's going to sin again. Y'all can feel some freedom in this. I, I'm not celebrating your sin, but everybody's going to sin again. Probably today. <laughs> but when your want-tos and your love for doesn't shift, you probably can check yourself and know that you've never had this belief because it starts coming out. If my confession doesn't match what God has done in my heart, something's happened. And you know, I, I'm just telling y'all this, and I'm not, I love college football, so y'all don't hear me wrong. Love it. Love it. You don't, have y'all noticed you never have to beg a fan to confess what they believe? Y'all notice that? I need y'all to talk to me. Don't be, don't be ashamed, because I've worn Gamecock clothes in here, and if I'm not ashamed, y'all sure shouldn't be. Come on, somebody. <laughs> You never have to beg someone that's a fan of a team to confess it. But you got to beg Christians to confess what they believe. I, maybe, maybe I missed something here. We, we confess as a result of. Y'all have never had to beg me to confess how much I love that lady right there. Look, look I don't like any days without her. <laughs> None of them. Because that's my people. No one has to beg me to say, you should tell your wife you love her. I love her, so I tell everybody. I don't just tell her. I tell y'all. tell your moms and them. I tell anybody that'll listen. Because you talk about what you're in love with, and sometimes Lee and I don't feel in love, including this morning. Say amen. And it's only because we rode to church together, and we never do. And the kids happen. Praise the Lord. But just because we don't feel warm and fuzzy every single day doesn't mean that I don't confess my love for her. Because sometimes your fandom doesn't feel in love. Sometimes your friendships don't feel, but you still confess. Y'all, the world's got to know, so you got to share. But I'm not begging you to do it, nor am I telling you you're bad if you don't. Here's what I'm telling you. You may not be in love if you're not. Because you can't keep quiet about what you're really about. You can't do it. So I never have to confess Excuse me, I never have to beg for what I'm passionate about. Y'all can't shut me up. Y'all just look at the clock. You know that's true. Come on. So my issue is not what you've done. My issue is what you're not doing. And the result is, and this is what I argue, has the light really hit you? Has the mud really changed you? Have you really gone through and trusted Jesus or have you known about him, but it's never hit you here? Because once Jesus hits you, you can never be the same. Does that mean you won't struggle? You will struggle mightily. In some ways you'll struggle more because the enemy will attack you differently than he's ever attacked you before. But I'm telling you, you will confess him to this world. You will begin to walk. You will begin to pick these up. And when you pass by, you'll see people and go, that's one of his. That's one of God's people. I see, I see it in you. Well, I don't even know him. It doesn't matter. I see it. 
I see it. Because before that man could see, Jesus knew he could see. He just had to show him. We've got to start being people that walk around and say, you can see. I can't see it. I promise you can. Come with me. Come with me. Because I promise you can. I promise you can. Because everyone who does wicked things hates the light. And does not come to light lest his works should be exposed. But this is the good one. This is the last verse. But whoever does what is true shines. When we try to make ourselves stars, we are wasting a lot of time. But if he's hit our heart and the results start happening, he's going to start flowing off of you and people are going to say stuff about you like, how did that happen? What does that even mean that's taking place? What is God doing in you? How can you love those people that, and you don't have to explain to them, well, I'm just, I'm awesome, right? Because you're not, and I'm not, and we know that, but he is, and the true light will start shining out because we're the light of the world. The city set on a hill can't be hidden, but most of us have hidden our light and hidden our key because, and this is the last thing, for real, the world needs to see but you're the glasses. The world needs, listen to this, you're the way that they can see because God put you on this planet to shine his light and to be his ambassador and to make clear what is his love for this world. And if we want to know what the problems in our society is, y'all, a Republican and a Democrat ain't going to change it, but he will. And the power of God is not coming in the form of a really cool rain cloud or a lightning bolt. It happens through you. The gospel travels with you where you go, where you speak, where you move. His works have been carried out in God. So this is how I want to close. I just wonder in this room two things. Do you have a love relationship with Jesus? Do I, like, do I have to beg you? Or have you begun a journey with him that is so beautiful and free that it changes everything? Because I bet you the world knows it. They might not like it because it feels weird. No, nobody want mud on their eyes. Come on, somebody. But for real. I'm not asking if you've gone through emotion. I'm asking if you've truly believed in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is and let your confession follow. That's all I want to know. Will you bow your heads? I want to know if there's anybody in this room. There were a few in the first service and I believe the Lord's moving in your heart now. Y'all, if I talk you into this, you don't want to start a love relationship, and I'm cool with it. I'll, I'll rest easy tonight. But I believe the Holy Spirit is moving on some of your hearts. Don't let anything hold you back. Pastor Mark, I'm ready. I'm starting a love relationship. I believe in my heart that God is who he says he is, that Jesus came, he died, he rose again, and he, and he paid the price for my sins so that I could have life in his name. I choose the light of the world to come and change me right now. If that's you, for the very first time, you mean it in your heart, I don't care how many times you've been dunked, how many times you've been, I mean a relationship right now. If that's you, come on, just throw your hand up wherever you are in this room, say, that's me, pastor. That's me, pastor. I wanna follow Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I choose with all my heart to follow right now. Couple more seconds. 
Salvation doesn't happen by hand. It happens by your heart. The evidence will follow. So if everybody in the room is saved, and I don't know if, if you are or not, this is what I'm asking you to do. I'm not asking you to respond. I'm asking you just to look at me. People will see. People will see. The test, the test is not, will you stand in front of me? <laughs> the kingdom will come when you start walking it out and seeing what he wants you to see. And so this song that we're about to sing is so beautiful because what the song is about is that we're going to see him do it again. We see him move. He moves the mountain. And I believe that he'll do it again. And I just am asking you right now to stand to your feet because we're going to sing and to confess this as the anthem for your life, that you're no longer going to stay stuck in what you were in, but you'll begin to be about what God has you be. And that as you pass by, you're going to see what God wants you to see. Thank you, Jesus. We trust you and you alone. You are the light. We confess that you're God, that you're awesome, that we love you. Now make your face shine upon us so that the world can know. And let us see what you would have us see and let us go where you'd have us go. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen.